You are listening to the Gromart Podcast. We've been really focused on formulating and engineering a diesel fuel that is right for our customers. Featuring experts in agriculture. We're helping our customers decide when's a good time to sell, when's a good time to merchandise that grain so that they can make a profit. And other system news. It's very important to the Gromark system to encourage the future of agriculture. The Gromark podcast starts now. Thanks for tuning in to the Gromark podcast. I'm Sam Spence, and today I am at a 4R4U field event at the McCormick Farms here in Ellis Grove, Illinois. And right now I am joined by Katie Kao, who is with the Randolph County Farm Bureau. Katie, thank you so much for taking some time. I know you were running around doing a lot with the coordinating for this event, but I appreciate a moment for you to kind of talk to our Gromark listeners and uh, and just help us understand a little bit more about why we're doing this for our For You event today. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. So Katie, could you give us a little bit of background on how you got connected with the Randolph County Farm Bureau and uh, even just what led you even from your education uh, through, with and connection with FFA into getting to this this moment today even? So yeah, that's a great question. So I've been involved in agriculture pretty well my entire life. I grew up on a farm. My family still farms today. I'm originally from Bond County, Illinois, which is um, the Greenville, Illinois area. Um, I, my family still farms there, like I said, I went to school at Cascassia College, majored in ag there, and then went on to SIU Carbondale and got my degree in agribusiness economics and a minor in accounting, which that's helped too, we can talk about later. But, um, but at, S- at SIU, um, I was in FFA in high school, so that led me to some connections there at SIU. People were in FFA with me, um, and then also got me turned on to the Collegiate Farm Bureau. So I was a part of the 10 people that started the Collegiate Farm Bureau chapter at SIU, which then also got me interested in working for the organization, Illinois Farm Bureau. So that whole process led me to the organization, and after I graduated, of course I interviewed, I became a manager trainee, which is a process where you go around the state shadowing other people that do what I do, learning about the organization and the grassroots process. So I got hired after graduation as a trainee, and then six weeks later I started here in Randolph County, and I've been here ever since. So, yeah. And how closely do you get a chance to work with Gateway FS? Because we are kind of in that uh, territory, if you will, and that uh, Gateway FS is also one of the member cooperative sponsors for this event today. Yeah, so they work, we work closely together. We, we try to have a good relationship with them. Of course, our members receive patronage from Gateway FS, so that's definitely a perk to being a Farm Bureau member. Patronage from Gateway FS, and then also just updates. We're both in the agriculture industry. Of course, we're the organization for The Voice, and they're kind of the retail part of that. Um, I see at least one of the, the people that work for FS every other month. They come to my board meeting and update my board on what's going on with the business. Carl Tebby, who's the manager here, he's he's phenomenal to work with. They just are, are very helpful. They're um, half of our committee that put on this event we're here today, and they just have resources to give and that's kind of our role working together basically what we do. Now can I ask how how did it come to be that you invited or maybe connected with Jack and his family to be here for this event why why are we on the McCormick Farms and and what's the importance there and maybe some of the uh, for our initiatives that they're showcasing. Well, getting to know Jack, of course he's a Farm Bureau member, so that was my first connection with him. He had been on the board of directors before, so I knew him as a Farm Bureau member. Of course, he is also on the Gateway FS board and then also the Growmark board, so it kind of goes up in levels, if you will. And 
why Jack is here and kind of he's the, the demonstration part of that is because he's doing these practices. He is, he is doing conservation practices that have to do with the nutrient loss reduction strategy, which I can't necessarily talk technically about with you because that's a little higher level for me. But the purpose of this is to demonstrate to people what can be done to work with and do good things for the nutrient loss reduction strategy. And Jack is doing that. So that's kind of a way that's why we got in touch with Jack. He can speak very well and he's doing some great things in the field. I'm looking forward to catching up with Jack as well to just kind of highlight his portion of the 4 r for you field day today. But Katie, is there anything else that you can share with our Growmark podcast listeners about this event and maybe continuing efforts that the Randolph County Farm Bureau has even with the Illinois Farm Bureau? Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. I know we're, we're looking forward to keeping this project going. Illinois Farm Bureau partnered with Growmark, of course, to provide some funds and resources, which we've utilized today. Some speakers on both sides, Illinois Farm Bureau and Growmark, to kind of spread the word about the good things farmers are doing in their field, the nutrients that they're, they're monitoring, and those practices that are good, that are good for the soil. So, you know, if you see of any 4 r for you project in your area, look it up, ask what they're doing, because it's pretty cool. So... I, I enjoy it definitely and look forward to working with Growmark, Illinois Farm Bureau, and then of course Gateway FS here locally and it's going to be a fun time. Awesome. Katie, I thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing more about this 4R4U Field Day here at McCormick Farms um, and also looking forward to catching up with some of the other speakers that we heard from today. Great job organizing this. I've learned quite a bit and I'm <laughs> eager to share some of that with our podcast listeners. Yes, thank you for talking to me. It's been fun. Awesome. I'm getting a chance now to catch up with Liz Hobart. She is our Government Relations Manager with Growmark. Liz, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Sam. And we're here at McCormick Farms. We're covering the 4R4U Field Day. Liz, just wanted to ask a little bit, uh, if you could share with our Growmark podcast listeners, what is the focus that Government Relations at Growmark, um, what focus do you have supporting an initiative like this, working with Gateway FS, Randolph County Farm Bureau, um, even working with our Illinois Farm Bureau members who were here today? Thank you, Sam. First, I'd like to really thank uh, Gateway FS, thank Randolph County Farm Bureau and the farmer collaborator Jack McCormick for hosting this event because Growmark is definitely committed to stewardship. We're committed to protecting our natural resources. We're committed to protecting that land, that air, that water, and helping support our farmers in their cropping systems and their farming operations. So it's very important for a lot of local activities, local collaborations to identify the issues that maybe they that they may be facing. For example, what works in Northern Illinois may not be the same that works in Southern Illinois. So having that local opportunity with local partnerships such as Gateway FS and the County Farm Bureau with this 4R4U program gives that opportunity for them to identify the challenges that they are facing here and then hopefully learn from that, investigate that, demonstrate that, and help other farmers to see some of the benefits and some of the challenges in adopting some of these 4R practices. Right rate, right time, right source, right place. From the government relations perspective, our role is to advocate, educate, and communicate on behalf of our member owners at the local level, the state level, and the federal level. So this is definitely when we talk about advocating, we talk about representing our members a lot of times in the policy arena, which Lauren Lurkins talked a little bit this morning about uh, the nutrient loss reduction strategy, which is a lot of times a driving force of, of some of these conversations. Our role also from an education perspective, as the Growmark Government Relations Team, we help to educate the policymakers, these people that are making decisions 
Maybe it's right now, maybe it's down the future, but those that are impacting our farmers, impacting our member companies, impacting our system, it's very important that we help educate those policymakers. And opportunities such as this at the local collaboration helps with some of that education piece. And then, of course, the communication piece. From the government relations perspective, we, we work on communicating internally and externally. Internally within the system, helping our member companies, helping our FS team members understand some of the issues and why some of these issues are so important and what's coming down the road. And it's working with our external uh, communication from external stakeholders, helping those that are making decisions and partnering with folks such as the Illinois Farm Bureau to, to achieve some of these goals and to help demonstrate and investigate some of those challenges. Well, the background noise is probably going to pick up because I know we're getting close to the lunch period, but Liz just wanted to highlight a little bit of the uh, takeaways that you had today. What did you learn? What are some things that you know, you're kind of thinking about um, in terms of the focus that your team has, some of the issues, ongoing issues that you're watching? Um, any, anything that you can share with our Growmark podcast listeners? I like to just emphasize again the, the Growmark's commitment to stewardship, protecting our natural resources, helping our farmers from a cropping system with their farming operation, and it's efforts such as this that really help to bring some of that focus together. Because we have our crop specialists, they're committed to the stewardship. We have our farmers, they're committed to stewardship. We have a common goal. They're working side by side to ensure that the practices that farmers are looking at on a watershed by watershed, field by field, farmer by farmer basis. It, it differs from farmer to farmer. So I think it's very important that we continue to seek out. I would encourage everyone to seek those opportunities at the local level to try to look at some of those partnerships, to identify some of those challenges, how some of the crop specialists and the farmers can be working together then to investigate some of those and find out what works on a farmer by farmer basis. Because it's this type of collaboration in the policy world that we work in from the government relations team uh, a lot of times we're trying to tell the story of what the farmers are doing. There's a lot of positive efforts out there and we need to continue to tell our story. And it's efforts such as this and the local collaborations um, at the local level with FS, county farm bureaus, or whoever those partners may be, it's that that brings the integrity and the validity to some of the messaging that we have in some of these policy circles. We want to make sure as the Growmark system that we maintain a voluntary science-based approach to nutrient management. And we need to continue to look at these practices, evaluate them, and continue to increase the adoption of the 4R practices, looking at some of these other practices, such as cover crops. What are some of the benefits? What are some of the challenges? And how can that work into the cropping system on a farmer-by-farmer -farmer basis? Excellent. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate your time today. And I'm looking forward to catching up with a few other people here who were presenting. Uh, again, McCormick Farms today for the 4R4U field event in conjunction with Gateway FS, Randolph County Farm Bureau, uh, Illinois Farm Bureau, and Gromark being proud to support all of this. So thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. I'm getting a chance to visit and recap the 4R4U Field Day event at McCormick Farms on Friday, March 16th with Lauren Larkins from Illinois Farm Bureau and Ryan White from Gromark Agronomy. Thank you both for taking a moment to speak with me about this event. Lauren, I'll start our discussion today by introducing you as the Director of Natural, Environment, Natural and Environmental Resources with Illinois Farm Bureau. Would you please share what your role at Illinois Farm Bureau encompasses for our listeners? 
Yeah, so um, on behalf of our farmers across the state and on behalf of our County Farm Bureau system, um, I, as well as one of my colleagues, work on a variety of environmental issues, usually as it um, kind of comes out in the uh, regulatory standpoint. So state agencies, federal agencies, um, we work to make sure that um, those discussions are something where at least our farmers can be represented as um, statutory authority is made into regulation. So we also work with our, our lobbyists at the state and federal level to make sure, you know, with all these environmental and natural resource issues, there's always a, a much longer story than what we see when we see proposed legislation. So um, we work in, in the policy world, and obviously it also carries over into the courts too. So we try to, to watch to see what's happening in the courts on all of our issues and make sure that our members and our county farm bureaus are up to speed. And you gave an overview uh, during the 4R4U event at Jack McCormick's farm um, with regards to the nutrient loss reduction strategy and, and why Farm Bureau is interested in these efforts. Could you kind of share some of the highlights from your presentation that you shared? There were, I think, uh, over 65 farmers in attendance. So, you know, a really great crowd to be able to share this information with and get them thinking about the ways they can take this back to their farm as well. Absolutely. So back to my point of all these environmental issues being a longer story, um, this story actually starts a, a number of years ago when um, national level groups start looking at, including US EPA, start looking at the size of the hypoxic zone in the Gulf of Mexico. That went back and forth over a number of decades, but um, more recently, starting in 2013, a group of folks um, started sitting around the table together at, an, at, the, at the Illinois level to be able to do what US EPA and USDA wanted folks to do in the upper Mississippi River Basin, and that would be putting together strategies to figure out a what's going on in the land to reduce nutrient uh, runoff but then also building off of that and coming up with a statewide plan so starting in 2013 agriculture groups including representatives from Growmark and myself from Illinois Farm Bureau sat together with um, environmental groups wastewater treatment um, the city of Chicago has the largest wastewater treatment plant in the entire world so obviously they have some sort of say in this uh, university researchers and also um, our regulatory agencies to figure out how are we going to be able to reduce our loads of nitrate and phosphorus into the waters and ultimately into the Gulf of Mexico. Now, we were at we were in Randolph County, Illinois, southern Illinois area, and also in the Gateway FS territory, if you will. And so just wondering, how did how did the local Farm Bureau, how did Illinois Farm Bureau and Gateway and Gromark come together for this? So how did they pop up on your radar or your map? What was it so that was so special about McCormick Farms that you guys really wanted to pursue this this effort? Right. So I think the best part about the effort on the nutrient loss reduction strategy is that our Department of Ag and, and Illinois EPA really carved out space for people like Illinois Farm Bureau to, to come up with new collaborations, new programs, new partnerships. And um, this 4R4U is, is one of them to try to figure out new, unique solutions to be able to address this issue short of regulation, because that, I must be clear, is, is what we, we want to avoid. We don't want to have regulation on, on fertilizer use for our farmers. Um, so we have the ability to think about new ways to engage. Um, obviously, education is a huge thing, but it's also about agronomy and um, making continuous improvements as to what happens on the farm. And so our natural thing is to do is to look down the hall or down the street in these um, in our communities to our FS to find those agronomic solutions. Um, so representatives, uh, it was Liz Hobart and I, we would go to all of these meetings over a number of years talking about the nutrient strategy and she and I put our heads together of, you know, we should really work together and come up with a program in Illinois to be able to address this and to show that both farmers 
customers and the FS member companies care about this issue and are willing to sort of put their um, put their heads together and come up with solutions. And that's a really great segue. Ryan, since we touched on the importance of this collaboration across our FS member companies, um, and, and you even highlighted that during your presentation, we need to just go beyond sharing that technology expertise, um, but, but even get into that realm of the policy and, and that focus. Um, why are these efforts so important for Growmark to engage in? You know, first, working with the Illinois Farm Bureau allows us to demonstrate several of the things farmers do. And I think that's ultimately where we're at. You know, Growmark uh, and our FS member companies provide a tremendous amount of agronomic support, agronomic expertise to the farmers. But at the end, the farmers are the ones who make the most vital decisions around what's right in their farm and in their farming systems to, uh, you know, make the best decisions, both from a profitability standpoint and from an environmental standpoint. So having the opportunity to collaborate with farmers to learn how to bring in new practices or uh, into their farming systems or even uh, amend their farming systems, it, it takes a lot of technical expertise and practical expertise of how do you do it in a farmer's on their land uh, in their systems. And so uh, that just gives us the opportunity to collaborate together to do that. Now, Lauren, during your discussion, you had highlighted your experience growing up in southern Illinois and later your education and career track to your role today. So I was just wondering if we could just kind of touch on that, um, highlight that journey for our listeners and, and kind of what brought you into this role today. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I was raised in Marion and I start every meeting with farmers just this way. I, I have to come out straight out of the gate and say I was not, I did not grow up on a farm. My dad instead was a prison guard in Southern Illinois that offered me no tutorial into how agriculture would work. Um, but I, I went to St. Louis University, majored in environmental science and geology, and then went back to Southern Illinois where I went to law school and I always wanted to do um, environmental law. And I, um, you and I were talking about this mm -hmm. before, but in all of my classes in college, and then even in law school, I was sort of the outlier on the defense side. So naturally, after graduating from law school, I went to work for an environmental defense firm out of Springfield, doing only um, about half and half enforcement defense and um, compliance work. So it was a, a really good experience. I spent seven years um, practicing law, and I actually never thought I would leave it um, until my husband got a job at Gromar. <laughs> um, so I always, I, I'm surprised that I ended up here, but it's also the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I actually don't have to worry about little arguments. I get to maybe affect change on a much larger scale. And um, when I when I interviewed for the job, I said, I don't know anything about um, agriculture, but I sure do know about environmental law, and I think you guys <laughs> could use some help. Um, and it seems to be going pretty well. So great. Now, how often are you on the road for these kinds of events, like what happened at McCormick Farms with the 4R4U event? Yeah, so this issue has evolved. And out, out of the gate, I mean, we I put a lot of miles on my Farm Bureau car, especially you know, the, the bulk of that was two years ago and then drawing into last year. And so um, part of our you know, reason for creating some of these programs is selfish on my part that I kept thinking, okay, if it's up to one person that works for Farm Bureau who knows all this information, we are, we are not going anywhere. Um, but if we can take this information and get it out into the countryside, then we will really see change uh, start to happen. And so we started to create programs where guys like Jack can do the presentation and I don't have to be the one. Um, and again, that's selfish, so I can stay at home every now and then and work on other issues for farmers. Um, but I think, I mean, the, the main point of that was to get more um, more soldiers out in the countryside knowing about why we need to do this um, and actually putting themselves to work. So. 
And Ryan, you're kind of on the opposite side of that. You 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 actually mentioned to this group of farmers, hey, I was a farm kid, you know, and so you have that direct connection. You understand some of these, um, the pressures, the concerns, and, and various things that they have to keep in mind. Um, could you just highlight how some of those experiences have has impacted your role and how you approach your work today? Yeah, you know, it, growing up on a farm, it, it definitely, I was one of those that grew up on a farm coming out of a the 80s and 90s time frame also was in the very challenging farm crisis days, low commodity prices, and and said, well, I'm not going to go back to the farm. So went out off to college, got a degree, but gravitated back into agriculture because of the people and the culture, and and also wanting to demonstrate the great work that farmers do. Uh, you know, there's nothing more noble than, you know, working to produce food and 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 make people's lives better. And through the experiences I've had, both on the farm and outside in industry, I think it's given me the perspective to realize we have to be what better advocates for what we do in agriculture. Uh, you know, my uh, wife comes from the suburbs of Chicago, and it's, I always get the opportunity to go up and speak with folks who aren't related to agriculture. And, and you just sit there and, and remind yourself of how much education needs to take place, how much we, you know, I, I'd say now we're the one percenters, if you will, uh, you know, the other 99 or 98% of people aren't involved in agriculture. They don't understand how their food gets produced or gets to the table. And so uh, being a farm kid, working out in industry, and now having the opportunity to help advocate on behalf of farmers is really uh, probably one of the more rewarding parts of my job is to help demonstrate the good work that we do both as farmers and as industry to be responsible and sustainable long term. It's really great. Now, Lauren, as we get ready to conclude, and Ryan, is there anything that you might want to touch on or revisit from our discussion today, just to kind of elaborate for our Growmark podcast listeners? I think, um, you know, I look forward to, well, this is a new program, right, that we started with 4R4U, and every new program is is bumpy to get off the ground, but I am really, really excited about where it's headed um, into 2018. I think, obviously, we are going to be able to tell the story, and I kind of don't really like that phrase, but we'll, we'll be, we'll, I think we'll be able to tell the story of agriculture to people who don't know anything because of this program, but more importantly, and selfishly, you know, to get our farmers really good information on these practices, um, they were they they obviously uh, get a little bit frustrated with the pace of of, indis- of of university research and all this stuff that has to go in on the regulatory side. And um, what we know is we we got to move pretty quick um, on this issue, and we need to get the best information in front of them from people that they trust who are there in their county to the to a large degree. And I think that's why this program is the most exciting thing because I think that it can get us further in the short amount of time that we have to prove our case. You know, we'll talk about evidence here, but we got to see people moving. So I'm real excited about the opportunities that lay before us even in this 2018. Yeah. I, you know, and to Lauren's point, I think the part that for me out of all of this, you know, we Growmark and our FS member companies, again, bring a tremendous amount of expertise. The challenge always then is the practical application of technical expertise to the farmer level, to the farm-by-farm system that farmers have. And so being able to collaborate with Illinois Farm Bureau and put out some of these demonstrations where we can put some practices in, even if we don't get a fully technical view, because sometimes these studies are long-term, you know, it does take a lot to do a fertility study or do an environmental study of some kind um, because Mother Nature changes. 
But I think the part we can lift up is what we learned about how to implement cover crops, how to uh, manage certain uh, fall or spring applied nitrogen applications, and how that becomes part of a system that farmers use. And we can lift up some practical ways that we can truly help farmers implement them in the future along with that technical side. So at the end of this, you know, I think we'll continue to learn. I look forward to the opportunity beyond 2018 to potentially maybe expand into some other areas where we haven't uh, worked. But I also know that uh, to, to Lauren's point, year one was bumpy, year two is improving. And so uh, it, I think the more we do, the more we'll learn about practical applications as we move forward. Well, Ryan and Lauren, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time to speak with me more about this For Our For You event, uh, recapping some of the information that was shared during this event at McCormick Farms, um, a collaboration between Randolph County Farm Bureau, Gateway FS, Growmark Inc., and Illinois Farm Bureau. So really appreciate your time. And I know that you guys are getting ready to leave for your separate vacation. <laughs> so we just want to wish you all the best on your trip and uh, safe travels. Thank you. Thanks. I'm joined by our host of the 4R4U Field Day in Ellis Grove, Illinois, just a few weeks ago on March 16th. I'd like to welcome Jack McCormick, who serves on our Gromark Board of Directors since 2011, serves on the Gateway FS Board in Randolph County, is a farmer in Southern Illinois, and is also a part of the Illinois uh, Illini Board. Um, Jack, I just wanted to open our discussion today by thanking you for making the trip over to Bloomington to meet with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I usually like to begin with a few question that, questions that helps our listeners get to know more about our guests on the podcast. And since you wear several hats, let's go ahead and start with your important role as a farmer. So would you give us an overview of your background, what you farm, and also share some history for McCormick Farms in Southern Illinois? Sure. Uh, I started farming right after school was out. Uh, it's really all I ever thought about doing. It's all I wanted to do when I was young. Uh, as soon as I get my homework done, I want to head out to the fields and find dad and grandpa and follow them and see what they were up to that day. Uh, I'm the fourth generation McCormick to be farming at Ellis Grove, and we farm uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, uh, some barley for cattle feed, which also means we have beef cattle and we make quite a bit of hay through the summertime too. And Jack, how did you decide that, that you wanted to stay on the family farm? Did anything ever pull you away from, from wanting that, having that excitement and being on the family farm? Not really, Sam. Uh, I really always, I don't know what the pull was, but it's all I really ever thought about doing. So uh, I'm really, I guess, kind of living the dream, if you will. That's awesome. And you have a son named Jared. He was there at the 4R4U event and uh, got to operate the drone, as I um, understand it. Now, does Jared have similar aspirations to be on the farm? And, and how old is Jared? Uh, Jared's 16, so he's a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. And right now, yes, that's what he says he wants to do, too. So uh, he, he was the drone pilot to take some pictures while I was talking to the farmers that were there. So uh, we got some good shots uh, from up above of the uh, plot we had of uh, the cover crops, too, from him. And how long has your family farm been connected with Randolph County Farm Bureau and Gateway FS? What, what led you towards becoming a, a board member with Gateway? Well, I actually did start through the Farm Bureau. Uh, as soon as I was, I guess, out of high school or something, I started with the Young Farmer Program in, in the county. Uh, went on to serve on the state board of uh, the Young Farmers. And uh, then the County Farm Bureau Board, and I was president for about eight years there. And uh, as I was tenured off of the County Farm Bureau Board, uh, there was an opening on the Growmark Board. I'd already started on the Gateway FS Board, uh, serving both of those at the same time for a short time and kind of made my way to Growmark. And uh, so I kind of went from the association and the policy side of Farm Bureau 
over to, I guess, the agribusiness side of FS and Growmark. And uh, that was an interesting transition, uh, but enjoyable. Uh, I've enjoyed both of them. I really enjoyed Farm Bureau, and I'm still an active Farm Bureau member of our county foundation and, and different things, different projects they need me for. Uh, but uh, I, re- I really do enjoy the FS side of things. And you, you highlighted that. So in, in 20, 2011, sorry, in 2011, you became a board member for Growmark. And you, you just sort of mentioned that shift from the policy at the local level to the agribusiness side of things. Um, what has it been like just seeing more of those connections across our FS system as you help support uh, from that larger scale? Well, uh, everybody I run into in the FS system, you know, they've got the pride of the system. They know the, the noble cause or the purpose, you know, trying to advance farming and help the farmer patrons of the co-op. And it's just great to see. Uh, everywhere I go, I've toured different facilities, not even just Illinois, all over our system. And that same pride carries from southern Illinois all the way to Ontario, that, where I've seen uh, different facilities. And, and everybody's got the pride, and that's really great to see. It makes me feel good to be a board member and part of the system then. Jack, you exemplify many of the values and the focus that we have across our Growmark system. Responsible practices, environmental stewardship, education and leadership development as well, um, and, and also a commitment to serving within our community. So I'm just curious, do you have any programs or organizations that you work with locally even today? Well, as I mentioned, I'm still active with the County Farm Bureau. Uh, we, we have a foundation where we give out scholarships. We have fundraisers and different things throughout the summer. And, uh, that's, and then, of course, church. You know, we've all got our civic organizations and, and church stuff, and I'm active in those things also. That's excellent. So, Jack, over the last few episodes, our podcast listeners have had a chance to learn about the 4R4U event from Katie with Randolph County Farm Bureau, Liz and Ryan from Gromart Government Relations and Agronomy, respectively, and also from Lauren with Illinois Farm Bureau, the last two having been speakers at the event on your farm on March 16th. So I'm excited to hear about your involvement and uh, also to highlight the important aspects that, that you took away from the day. So I just wanted to take a moment, if you could share with us how your family's farm became connected with that 4R partnership um, and why you have such a strong focus on that nutrient loss reduction strategy. Well, all of the farm land that we farm, all the fields we have, are HEL, highly erodible land, uh, as determined by the USDA, because uh, we're just a couple miles from the Mississippi River in southern Illinois, and all of our land is rolling. Uh, It's karst topography, which means we have a lot of these sinkholes and stuff. So uh, it's really important, I think, as as much uh, important as for anybody as it would be for us, to do the responsible practices of keeping the topsoil in place, uh, keeping the nutrients in place, uh, you know, because once the soil leaves the field, and that's usually our biggest struggle is keeping the soil in place. Once it leaves, we don't get it back, and they're not making any more. So uh, we've got to keep it in place, uh, you know, whether it's cover crops, uh, no-till, I do both of those. Um, you know, that I think it's just so important. Absolutely. And a key moment from the day was the opportunity for attendees, other farmers from local counties, even some um, within the Randolph County area, to take a brief trip to a field demo in which you spoke about the difference that crop cover crops have made. For listeners who may not have a strong understanding about this process, can you share with us what this means and also what impacts you've seen since implementing cover crops on your farm? Well, uh, first of all, I'll tell you what a cover crop is. Um, it's something that we would plant after fall harvest, uh, and it could be a grass, it could be a brassica, it could be really any kind of a plant. 
that would its, its sole purpose would be either to prevent soil erosion, uh, to sequester any leftover nutrients for the following year, uh, to improve soil structure. There, there's a lot of benefits. So you know, people would ask me, well, why would a farmer plant a crop they don't intend to harvest? Well, it, it's for those reasons. And what we had, we had a, a, a plot of different strips. We used uh, cereal rye, we used winter wheat, and winter barley. And basically just compared those three species. Those are all grasses. And uh, we planted them after corn harvest last fall. Uh, they are about three or four inches tall, and they're green. And we will probably let them grow probably for another couple weeks yet, I think. Uh, they, they may get a foot tall or 18 inches at the most. And then we will terminate that with a herbicide, a low rate of herbicide, and we'll plant soybeans into that. Uh, that would be this spring yet. So that cover crop, whichever species we were talking about there, won't get harvested. It'll just be, it'll, it was only planted to, you know, keep the soil in place and, and those benefits for the winter. And then the, the harvest this year would actually be the soybeans that we'll plant probably in May. Okay. Now, it, you kind of highlighted that uh, the cover crop is terminated um, as you begin to prepare for planting. Is that is that called burn down by yeah. chance? Okay, all right. I, I know that I've heard that, and uh, I think that might have even been something that was shared in, in some of my discussions with Mallory and with Brittany from the crop protection team, as I highlighted that in a, another podcast. Um, but just always trying to kind of listen to some of these different terms and, and learn a little bit more. So. Dr. John Schoonover from Southern Illinois University in Carbondale had been one of the presenters for the event, and he shared some of the new water management trials that his team was specifically focused on. What does having drainage water management mean for a farm, and especially in the territory that you highlighted, keeping in mind some of the the soil um, and some of the things that you're kind of trying to fight against? What, What practices are you engaging in on your farm? We don't, actually don't have as much trouble with excess water as some folks do. Uh, you get into river bottoms and flatter fields, uh, you know, the tile drainage systems, they're trying to use these uh, saturated buffers and uh, these wood chip uh, reactors to try to clean that water as it leaves the field. Uh, with as, as rolling as our fields are, we don't have a lot of pattern tile, but uh, those that do use those buffers, uh, they can install those to, to pull the nutrients out before the water actually exits the field. Try to keep, the, again, keeping the nutrients in the field uh, where they can be used again rather than into any kind of surface water or groundwater situation. Managing that, that water table there, is that, I think that was kind of what he had highlighted in his, his presentation, right, Jack? Exactly. And he was also talking about uh, backing water up in tiles in the summertime because really there's only a, maybe a few weeks or a month that we need that water gone. We need it gone just to be able to plant mm-hmm. and to harvest. You know, just those those critical two trips across the field. Other times, the water is good in the field. You know, the in the summertime, obviously, the corn or soybeans will take it up and, and turn that into grain yield. Even in the winter, it's, there's no harm in that. And we've had a lot of precipitation recently. Um, snowfall in our areas that is around Bloomington, Illinois. Did you get a lot of that snow in, in southern Illinois, or was it more rain? And, and has that maybe slow down some of the different practices, as I know some folks are gearing up for spring, um, getting ready, eager to get out in the fields, but what, is that, what does that look like? We had a few flurries on, I think it was March 20th, the first day okay. of spring. Okay. We didn't get the big snow of a, of a few days ago, but we've had a lot of rain since. Uh, we were in a drought situation up to about the 1st of February, and boy, we turned that around pretty quick. We've had lots of rain since, so guys are itching to get out in the field and you know spread fertilizer or whatever needs to be done with the 
first trip or so across the field, but uh, there, there's plenty of moisture out there right now. So, Jack, as we kind of recap some of the event, um, the 4R4U event, this field day that took place at your family's farm, um, what were some of the takeaways that you had in some of your interactions? Or maybe you can even help us understand some of that process working with uh, Randolph County Farm Bureau, working with Illinois Farm Bureau, working with Growmark and Gateway um, leading up to the event. Well, I think one of our presenters, uh, Lauren Lurkins from Illinois Farm Bureau, basically opened our day and talked about, you know, what the nutrient loss reduction strategy is and why it's important. And, uh, you know, my field, uh, what we highlighted was cover crops. But, you know, maybe cover crops aren't for everybody. That isn't the only solution by no means. Uh, you know, if, if some people are doing a lot of tillage and want to stop some soil erosion, maybe they can look at some no-till practices. Mm -hmm. I think everybody needs to have a nutrient loss reduction strategy. You know, if no-till isn't your strategy, is there something else? If cover crops is not your strategy, maybe there's something else yet. But as long as people are thinking about it and looking at what can they do, as long as we all do something, we will reach the goals that we need to. Because if we don't reach the goals as an industry, it'll be mandated. It'll become law. Uh, you know, there may be a day where in Illinois, we have to go and get a permit to p apply fertilizer. Well, today we don't. We, we apply fertilizer by you know, what the soil needs, by what we took off last year. We use a lot of agronomic information, but we don't actually have to have a permit to do that. Mm -hmm. So you know that could change, and I, I'm not sure that's what farmers really want to see. We would rather see it done voluntarily yeah. than mandated. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners about the 4R event at your farm? Do you think maybe there's an opportunity to host another one of these in the future? Well, there might. Uh, we've talked to some people that were there and can, will continue to do that in the future. Um, you know, I think we had all knowledge bases present that day, people that had not ever done cover crops um, and maybe wanted to see, you know, how to do it. You know, what, 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 do they, what, what, what should they plant? Uh, we, I know we had some people there that do do it. And uh, I kind of hoped that we'd all learn from each other. Uh, I told the participants uh, they, they were not at my farm because I was an expert, by no means. I'm just getting started in it uh, for a couple of years. Uh, they were there just to see, you know, what different practices they could do. I, I had the, the strips of the different types so they could consider different types and what be, might be right for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of different things that can be done, and we all need to learn from each other. And that should put all of us a little bit further ahead. I'm glad that you highlighted that, just that continuous learning and, and trying to do better on the land, going back through the event and, and thinking about what Lauren had shared, what Ryan had brought up. And, and it seems that the general focus is we're looking forward, um, we're going towards the future, but we also kind of need to keep in mind what are our practices today? How can we constantly be refining them? Um, is there anything else that that you took away maybe in some of the conversations with some of the farmers that also attended that day? Um, do you think maybe working with other local farmers, you could maybe get a different event going? I think so. I think we've got, uh, basically over the summer, uh, our group will probably look at what can we do different for next year, or maybe uh, there's a lot of people that couldn't make it and we'll run a, a similar program for next year. I'm not sure. We really haven't decided that yet. But uh, I think, uh, obviously, by the turnout we had, people are eager to learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure there would be more people that would come next year if, if we would do something similar. So we'll think about that over the summer and, and I get probably just talk to people and see what they want to see. Mm -hmm. You know, ask them what they want to see, what, uh, what they'd like to see examples of, and maybe we'll work from there. 
always an opportunity to build on that. Well, Jack, I just want to say thank you very much again for your time today um, and also getting a chance to recap what happened at the 4R4U event at your family farm um, and just want to wish you the best of luck as you head into this new season. Hopefully uh, you guys can get started soon and, and it'll be a really productive season for you. Thanks. We're, uh, we're all ready to get out there, I think. Uh, most farmers are always itching to get the winter over with and get out the field for the first time. I was spreading some fertilizer a couple days ago. Boy, it sure felt good to sit in the tractor for a few hours and, and cover some acres. It's good therapy, I think. Awesome. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Jack, and thank you again. Um, and as we close out Growmark Podcast listeners, I'm also going to share some information about the um, information about what Mike Orso, um, who is at the Illinois Farm Bureau, had shared on the Farm Week Now page. A really interesting story that he shared from the 4R4U event. And there's also some video, I think, that your son had provided. Okay. And, and, so that'll be a really great way for you to see firsthand just kind of what was going on through that day and uh, even what some of the um, cover crop land looked like, because I think you had the check strips yes. in there. Okay, that would be excellent. So, Jack, thank you again on behalf of the Growmark Podcast listeners, and we hope to hear from you again soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me today. I hope you enjoyed the last few podcasts that have allowed me to share what I learned from the 4R event day at McCormick Farms. As I mentioned in the conclusion of the discussion with Jack, you can find the article written by Mike Orso, News and Communication Strategist with Illinois Farm Bureau, at farmweeknow.com. That's F-A-R-M-W-E-E-K-N-O-W.com. It was published on March 22nd and is titled Options Abound for More Progress on Nutrient Reduction, Increasing Yields. On that note, I want to highlight how much we appreciate your support for this podcast. And if you're enjoying the content, please encourage your network of family, friends, peers, and more to check out the Growmark Podcast, too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Growmark Podcast. You can find other episodes on Podbean or on a supported podcast app.